Thank you. So you may take your Bibles and turn to Matthew 23. We'll be reading today the, the first uh, from the first verse through the twelfth verse. You can turn me down a little more. Thank you. read there then Jesus said to the crowds and to the disciples the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses seat so do and observe what they tell you but not the works they do for they preach but do not practice they tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by others. For they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. And they love the places of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues. And greetings in the marketplace. And being called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi. You, for you have one teacher and you are all brothers. Call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Neither be called instructor, for you have one instructor, the Christ. Oh, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> last two verses, or last, yeah, last two. The greatest among you shall be called your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be Exalted. Um, as we've been going through Matthew, Jesus has been teaching, but he's also been living out his teaching. And he's been uh, confronted by many people who have been able to find nothing wrong with his teaching or with what he's doing. And instead, today he gets... Um, yeah, just to catch us up from the last few weeks... Uh, Jesus was confronted by the Pharisees and they wanted him to to trick him and to entrap him in his words. Jesus didn't. He untangles himself of all the schemes. And then Jesus is now, he was asking them a question and they grew quiet and dared not ask any more questions. But now you can say Jesus is going to go on to offensive or offense. So today it's going to be, he's going to talk about um, the the way that the Pharisees act, and then next time he's actually going to call prophetic wo- woes on them, and then he will talk about what's going to happen at judgment. Um, but today I was just thinking, 
not just today. As I was preparing, I, as I was preparing, I was thinking, um, have you uh, ever been? <laughs> have you ever been? Uh, um, have you ever experienced a situation where somebody tells you, um, and maybe you have, uh, you have to do what I tell you, not what I do. And so, <laughs> maybe that's a parent. <laughs> that doesn't want to do or doesn't have the ability to do what they tell their kids or it could be a teacher or somebody else who's telling somebody else what to do uh, but they're not doing them them themselves and it's it's actually just from sociology it's a really really bad way to learn because we as humans we do what we have seen we don't necessarily do what people tell us. Maybe we should, but we don't necessarily do that. So if we just look at um, at parenting or how you act in different situations, if you've not been taught something else, you will reproduce what you have seen. So many, uh, many a person have in their parenting experienced, or even not in parenting, but in other situations, they have said about their parents, I will never do that. <laughs> if they've not been taught different, it, when that situation comes up, they will catch themselves doing exactly the same thing they were taught. Why? Because they weren't taught any other way. And so, when Jesus is <laughs> when Jesus comes with this example, it's diff it's different because he is. He is saying he has some different points with it, but it's just not necessarily a very coherent way to live either. Because if you are a person like that, people will get confused. They're like, "You're saying all these things, but we look at your life and it looks nothing like it." It's a, it's one of the things where what we say and what we do, they should have, as believers, that should actually align. Not like be two different things. We're saying one thing, doing the total opposite. Um, but I had this uh, as uh, uh, so Jesus. And it's I guess it's such a delicate balance here also for Jesus because he doesn't he's not about to incite rebellion. He's not going to say, "Hey, we got to remove all the Pharisees out of their place." No, he actually does the opposite. He tells the people. Hey, when they speak about uh, what Moses taught, then do that. But don't do what they do. Because they don't do what Moses said. And and there's, uh, I just had this, uh, oh. Oh, it's big up there. So that's, <laughs> that's kind of the points that we're going to go through today. Jesus tells them to obey God's law. Uh, live out what you say. Serve and be great. Be humble and get exalted or be humbled because you exalted yourself. And then on the other hand, we see that what the Pharisees do, they do the opposite. Um, don't do what the Pharisees do uh, because they preach, but they don't practice. They tie on big burdens on people, but they're unwilling to put, take their hands out of their pockets and help people. They exalt themselves and they want all of it because they want to be seen by people. Um... So when the yeah the first one yeah 
I think I have something about Moses that I thought was really <laughs> interesting. <laughs> because if we, you look at... So Jesus, uh, Jesus talks about them sitting in Moses' seat. So they, it's because they're like... Um, it's because they're, suppo- they're supposed to teach the people. But if we contrast the Pharisees' behavior with Moses' behavior, there's a very big difference. Because uh, if you see and look back to Moses, he, 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 um, he, uh, he doesn't sacrifice himself, but he intervenes for the people time and time again because God, wanna kill, uh, God wants to kill them. And he works from night to day uh, for them, judging, until Jethro tells him, maybe you should have some help. So you see in Moses, after God kind of forces him to do it, he actually takes on the job of being the one to care for them. And we read they're not like a totally easy bunch of people to care for, but he really tries his best, despite being called names, uh, despite being uh, <laughs> accused of all sorts of things. Moses tries to serve the people. He looks very different from what it seems like the Pharisees are doing, and especially according to to um, uh, Jesus' description. On a side note, Moses does get so mad at the people <laughs> that he he hits a rock when he's supposed to speak to it, and he doesn't get to go into the land. But... So it's just an interesting thing how different they seem to be than Moses was. But they're supposed to teach what Moses taught. Maybe they should have looked at his life too of how it's Moses write about <laughs> writes about himself. Moses was the most humble man, <laughs> which is very funny. But uh, So Moses was also a humble man. Unless somebody wrote it for him. So then we come to the next part. So, like I said, Jesus is not inciting rebellion. He's like, no, no, go and observe what the Old Testament says. Do that. But don't do what they do. What is it that they do? They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they're not willing to move them with their finger. So, I think I have a funny picture, maybe. That picture. I was trying, all the time when I'm looking for pictures, they never have the ones I want, so this was the closest. Um, so uh, so imagine that, uh, or not imagine, we're thinking about the Pharisees, they... The Pharisees and Jewish tradition have uh, the law, but then they have made all these things around the law. And you can't really get close to breaking the law, maybe. And so these burdens that they tie upon them, and Jesus is also confronting all the time, is about the rules they made about the Sabbath that's not in the Old Testament, and so on and so on, washing, all sorts of things. So in a sense, they're extra biblical teaching or extra Old Testament teaching is just 
putting on burdens and burdens and burdens on the people which were not there. But in a maybe in intent of good intent, they instead put lots of more things people have to carry and it's burdensome and hard. And they don't and then in teaching, they don't explain what this means so that it could be helpful and to be able to relieve them of their burdens. But, but just give more laws, more demands. And it's opposite of what Jesus said. When he saw the people being treated like this, he said, come to me, all you who are, who are tired and weary and heavy laden, Take my yoke upon you, for it's my yoke is easy and my burden my burden is light. So Jesus is saying, no, like the law of God is really good. You just have to understand it. And that's what I would like you guys to understand, that it's about the God that made the law. And so that's what Jesus calls people to, but he's then saying that they are instead of explaining who God is they're just adding more things so it gets more difficult and more confusing and more hard to follow after God and so they do all these things to be seen um, and I don't, I don't know if you are immediately struck by the things <laughs> that we had up but we will have the points again say it later um, so they would teach from Moses they would teach from the law but then they will go out and do all these things to be seen by others, the praise of man. And then there's these two uh, interesting words, uh, phylacteries and fringes, I mean, which I think I have a picture of here, and I'll try to explain it. But just before I explain that, why? Well, because they love the places of honor, the best seats, uh, and that all I call them religious titles. So here we have the contrast to what Jesus says in the end is that these the the Pharisees here who should be the servants of the whole people have now grown proud and want to elevate themselves and be treated with uh, preference and have people revere them instead of revering God. They love uh, to be treated with um, uh, as the VIPs and first class citizens and such people they kind of have tried to create that they are, they are the ones who are being revered they want the praise of man because of their position but the position was never there to elevate them they were there to humble themselves so they would help people to understand who God is and who the coming Messiah was but it became a lot more about what they thought and so here is um, you can research it a lot more but this is one of the things um, which was the phylactery one word phylacteries broad and their fringes long okay so phylacteries is this box thing so you have a box that you either tie, you can see up there, you tie it on your, up here, and inside would be scripture from the Old Testament. Or you would, as you can see the guy, you could put it on your forehead. 
And then uh, he also has the prayer um, shawl on. And so what Jesus is accusing him of is making those things bigger. <laughs> He's like, you're making those things bigger and bigger so people can see them. And also on his prayer sling, the, the fringes would be bigger. And you would be like, <laughs> because this is not our, you don't see lots of people here do this. And so you'd be like, why would they do this? Well, they found scriptural grounds for this in the Old Testament that they should put God's word on their foreheads and that they should make these uh, things, um, um, the tassels should be a reminder of God's word. They took that very literally, even to the extreme of, look at how religious I am because I have a big box of God's word on my forehead and I have a big things so you can see that I am a very big good follower of God and I think as Jesus is teaching this he's just shaking his head and this is like ridiculous it's like look at how spiritual I am you should honor me instead of God Uh, Jesus like you have (laughs) totally misunderstood you want praise of people and to be revered by other people, you try to show how religious you are with these um, things, um, or what do you call them? Props, kind of, that other people can see you're very religious. And I don't know about you, uh, but, uh, but and uh, this is not like all our these sermons is not about condemnation, but there could be some <laughs> some things where the Holy Spirit like. Mm-hmm. like am I living for the praise of God or am I living for the praise of man and even in the world what do I want other people to think about me um, online and in the real world what is it that motivates us I just said that, but <laughs> when <you laughs> because like I think it's important just to be aware sometimes, because if we are believers, we know all the right things, but when we are with ourselves and this sm- still small voice in us is like, what is it that we're seeking? Are we seeking the praise of God? Or are we sometimes wanting to seek the praise of man because they are closer? Do I really want? other people to praise me more than praising Jesus maybe that's some of the temptations that we can face sometimes that we want to be the places in the places of honor not at the, not at the front row of the church nobody wants to sit there anymore but <laughs> it's just it's a how do we view ourselves and how do we view other people and where is Jesus because even when we do food bank and other things there's sometimes a pretty good disregard for everyone else like people can get outraged at what number they get I get outraged at them because they don't care about all the other people because they say in a room like this to 60 or 100 people and you get a number and you are just dissatisfied what I'm hearing you say is I don't care about any of the other people so this is not just about 
like rich people, poor people, this is found everywhere. Even when we drive, or when we, when we stand in line, the irritation that you get, why do I have to stand in line? Why can't people just move out of that way? Like, I mean, I'm just, it's, it's what's in us as like, where, where we're like, these people are bothering me. Go away. Let me pass, because I am the most important. And I don't know if that's the why. <laughs> I don't know if that's how we act as light in the world, or Jesus would calm us down to see like, why do you think I put you in this line? Why are you here at this moment? And and uh, again, like all my sermons is also for myself. I'm not saying I have this. <laughs> like I'm not saying that that I uh, I have this when I get into a line. I would like I immediately count. Is it better to do the self checkout? Can I just? I I'm not saying that I don't also on the when we d- when we are traveling it's like oh get these people out of the way why do i have to stand in line for an hour to get on a plane i'm not saying that i have all this down i was like hey why am i not a gold plus member so i can just pass all the poor people when i can but um but we maybe have to search just ourselves and be like when Jesus comes with the description of the Pharisees and what he asks to do and not to do, uh, do we look more like the Pharisees or do we look more like what he's asking the disciples to do? And I had just a point about pride also. Like, like because maybe that's actually where these things come from. When I don't want to sit at food bank, I don't want to sit, stand in line. It's because I'm like I'm worth more than these people. But in the old days, prize was seen as something really bad. At least where I in culture when I grew up, you wouldn't boast about yourself. You wouldn't say things that was better than you were, because you knew or had been told that. Jesus or God would humble the proud. We also have uh, other, other, in Danish have other proverbs that says something like that. In English, what comes up must go down. We have all these things about, and even other cultures have it too, karma, all things, where there's consequences. If you are way out of line of how you view yourself and how you actually are. So that's how I grew up. Now something happened uh, as the end of when I grew up, something called the self-esteem movement and other things came up that thought that the problem, I would say the problem was sin, uh, could be could be changed if we just told kids and one another that we just had to have more self-esteem and just feel better about ourselves. Then things will be better. I think it's one of the biggest, fattest lies in the world that we just look into ourselves and say, I am really good. I am amazing at whatever I do. Even if you're not. But it was like, it was this thing, I think, to try to like, well, people are just feeling sad, and you just, we just like say people, you just, just esteem yourself. Esteem yourself. Yeah, that's putting myself higher. Maybe not higher than everybody else, but at least higher. 
And then, <laughs> it's, and so even in education and other things, you were encouraged to be proudful. Because uh, for me, I grew up where pride has always been a bad thing. Because you were going to be humbled if you were proud. It was not something to aspire to. But in my lifetime, it has changed. That, I don't know if it was only because of that or at least it opened the floodgates of like, I am great, I am great, I am great. I should just like myself and, and think that I'm great. But the, and then you say, okay, maybe that's an educational thing so that people would, okay, learn and do different things. But then it turned into like, be proud about who you are. Be proud about where you're from. Be proud that you can read. And I understand what it means. But using the word, I think, is not very smart. Because it's also a matter of who we worship. Do we worship ourselves? For instance, like, how can I be proud of I can read if my brain and my eyes and my abilities were given by God? It, can I be proud of being the champion in some kind of sport and say, I am amazing. Everyone should worship me. Who gave you your DNA? You are one in a billion here on earth with this freaky DNA that you're the only person who can do this. Maybe even a, even a fault in your <laughs> the way your muscles do something and you can say that people should honor you because God made you? I'm not saying that they believe that God made them, but we can see how it's easy to steal from God what is his and how it's easy to become Pharisees and say, you know, I deserve this. The thing is that I heard one, I was listening to some different testimonies and one from a man called Dion Sanders. He said to Bear Grylls, if you know those two people, they're sitting and talking about their faith and he said he'd gone through a rough time and he said, you know, when your life is lived only for yourself, you are really lost. And like if our lives become ultimately about pleasing ourselves, and lifting ourselves up, I really believe, along with him, that we've already lost. So it's not, a, our life is not just about living life for ourselves. It for, it's for living for somebody else, the one who created us. And made it possible for us to be loved. The thing that was missing that can't be filled with self-esteem. The thing that young people and children and everybody else in education thought they could put in their self-esteem. The needing to be loved for who we are is found in who God is. Not by calling something self-esteem and just feel better about it. Because what happens when that doesn't work anymore? But God made it possible for salvation and adoption into his family. So 
praise always is supposed to go to God, not to ourselves, our people. We can be super thankful and joyful that he's given us the gifts we have and we can serve one another. But we're not to be praised and honored. That goes to God. And that's better for all of us. You have seen rich people be praised and people being, being treated as gods. What does that like life look like? If somebody starts believing that, they go crazy and do all sorts of bad things to themselves and other people. Um, so I was struck by something that I found uh, maybe this is the newest development um, of what culture has done and, and, and are doing and because people are making disciples or at least followers that's what they're called on the social medias followers or likers or whatever and so I was uh, <laughs> I was uh, s- um, disturbed to see that um, uh, quote unquote civilian neutrals uh, would go to war zones and, and report what's going on uh, on either, either or other sides and they would have thousands tens of thousands in some cases hundreds of thousands following them reporting the truth about the wars or episodes and I was just like what, what in the world is going on here people were reporting about real tragic situations and they're really wanting people to worship them I thought that was crazy man I was like you're in the war zone using that so people will praise you wow that is it's dedication though <laughs> maybe we should be encouraged to make disciples like that maybe not the same thing but maybe <laughs> being encouraged to like no no we want to sh- people to follow Jesus and make disciples maybe we should be encouraged like that but I just thought this is crazy having that kind of fame having th- I don't know what it, what it means but having f- 100,000 f- 100, or something follow you all the time on social media you can't say that doesn't do something to your brain that you have to think about everyone looking at you looking up to you uh, I don't necessarily think that's a good thing but it could be motivated exactly by what we see here. The Pharisees want to be seen. They want glory. You today have Pharisees that don't believe anything, but they want the same things. They want the glory and the fame, and they want to be lifted up. But Jesus said, you will be humbled. Maybe culture has forgotten about it. But Jesus continues to say it to us. Now this is what I was talking about before. The core, the core, what the self-esteem could, movement couldn't, couldn't help with was like, what is, what the thing, why do I feel like I'm wrong? Why do I feel like something's broken? 
I mean, it's it is this it is this in us that only can be filled with who God is, who Jesus is. It is this brokenness that makes us feel like we're worthless, feel like we have no value, worth, and dignity. I was just thinking, if what if we again can can uh, can impart to people that well, you're made in the image of God. That's why you have value, dignity, and worth. Not because you have a lot of good self-esteem. Because what about when that goes through your fingers? Then you're somebody new. Or you're broken. Like, but that, I think, is what we lose when we in culture move away from who God is, elevate pride, we lose who we were made to be in the image of God when we throw that away. Because what if everyone knew that they were made in the image of God and had value, dignity, and worth? Would we feel the same strangeness? But when we do reject God as creator, we start replacing Jesus with something else. We, whatever we put in there, we most people won't say we worship it, but we put it in a place of most worth. And you can say, well, sometimes that art, that's ourselves. The praise God should have had for Jesus, we just put ourselves in there. Or maybe other people. But what if part of the good news of the gospel is that being showed by God or being understanding being human is that God in making us shows us that we are loved and we have a purpose. And worship God instead of others. Welcome. But then people would say, well, life is hard and it looks like it's broken. And most people say, yeah, life is broken. And people won't disagree with that. And if <laughs> you would disagree, I would just say, just go to one school, a kindergarten, or a hospital and see the brokenness. Then I think or look at your job and different things. Frustration, brokenness, people sickness, de- death, broken families. And you might be saying like, but what if God has made me in his image? Why is he not exalting me now? I was like, well, that's a good question. Um, but being made in the image of God does not mean that you become God. It means that you have Value, dignity, and worth. And if you humble yourself and serve, you will be exalted. That's what Jesus is saying. If we're proud and arrogant, we will be humbled. 
And then maybe as a joke, you will say, but I know plenty of people who are arrogant and proud and they have not been humbled. And that is true. Just as Job said, you, we see people in this world go to their graves and they have not been humbled or humiliated. So we won't see that for everyone, but I, in my lifetime, I have seen many powerful, famous people having to, with tears, excuse and explain how they did horrible things that was shown. Sports stars, other people who cheated in sports or famous people who embezzled and all sorts of things. So this happens too. People who were elevated so high, sometimes God says you are going to be humbled. So I've seen that in my life. That doesn't mean that we see everything. And we can't assume because we follow Jesus that he will not humble us. He will. And that's also a way where we can can learn to trust and encourage to follow him more because his truth brings life, not like a lot of other things. sometimes it's about also what focus do we have so if we're focusing <laughs> on other people to be humbled what 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 goes wrong there is that we're not really the ones who are supposed to like Jesus also saying like you shouldn't be rejoiced that your enemy is being punished by God that's God's thing you should be concerned about how you are following and how you are going after him. There's something about where we put our eyes. And I think we talk, we we read it in Colossians. Set your things on the things above. Not looking on all the bad things that are happening. Or all the things we sh- think should be different. But the hope we have in Christ. That's where our eyes sh- should be fi- fixed. And it shouldn't be f- focused on uh, why everybody else needs to do this. And No, no, because if you've been made by God, he's made you for a purpose, for you to obey, to, for you to rejoice in who he is. And those, So having the positive example instead of a negative one, like I said earlier, I never want to be my, like my mother. I never want to be like my brother. Or I don't want to be like this person. Yeah, that's, you're still going to be focused on them. You need to have your eyes on what you want to become. Or like from driving school, they said, don't look at the tree. Why? Because the car's going to go where you look. <laughs> so look, look where you want to drive. Not to where, not, not to where you don't want to drive. Um, so we, that's what we're going to like what are we looking at and are we more concerned about getting people to look to us to praise us
so we talk about pride and talking about humility and it was like well it's impossible it's hard it's like it's it's really difficult like i i want to get <laughs> i want to get ahead in line i want to people to think i'm great and so on but what did jesus is teaching us that we need to be humble and we're like ah but i'm going to try to be humble But the thing we have seen that makes Jesus such a big contrast, and you can say Moses was a shadow of Jesus, is that when he teaches, he does it. And so Jesus teaches something, he goes out and does it among the people. He doesn't say one thing, do something else. So what does that have to do with anything? Well, in our struggles and in our fights with different things, we're like, oh, why isn't things like better? Why didn't? Why am I just supposed to look up? Why is God not doing something? Well, He did. That's what we celebrated as Christmas: that God with us, Emmanuel, came. From that moment, <laughs> Jesus, as we've seen through Matthew, has been attacked, accused, questioned. And Jesus taught. He spoke back. They had no answer. So when we're looking to anything, it's like, who is the greatest? And if you're older, you're like, oh, my Muhammad Ali would, grow, grow, uh, would, <laughs> would gladly say that he was the greatest and Usain Bolt and other people, or Elon Musk or Mother Teresa, whatever, whoever we see as the greatest, or wants us to say is the greatest, well, the one that came was the greatest. Eternally worshipped by angels. He lived among us. And he went on the cross, not for his sins, but for our sins and willingly died and rose again. That could not hold him because he didn't die for his own sins. We've talked about it before. If the greatest person that ever lived on earth came to serve, and that's how life is really lived to the full, then when Jesus gives these things to the disciples and to the Pharisees, it's an invitation into true life become like me. So you want to say, this is impossible. Yes, it is totally impossible to do this in our own strength. And that's what we talk about the whole time. It's easy to live in, <laughs> in our own strength like the Pharisees wanting to glorify and honor ourselves. But actually truly be humble and like Paul writes, really consider other more important than yourself. I don't know about you, I think that's really difficult. Because who's closest to myself all the time? Myself. You say the same brokenness that people took and tried to fill with self-esteem, that still, that still shows up when we want to praise ourselves. But that's why it's good that Jesus came to show us a different way, that we could be healed of those things and be encouraged to walk with him. That's when he takes off the big backpack. You don't have to fulfill all these things. You have to come to me, have faith and trust in me.
the love of the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. But I've already done what you need to do. You have to believe and follow me. This is just the things about, if you were wondering about, <laughs> I'm actually done, but this was the, <laughs> skip those, <laughs> and just go through this part. If you want the other slides, you can just talk to me. But this was what we talked about today. Jesus asking his disciples to obey, obey God's law and not obey what the people are not doing. To live out what they say, that it goes to us too. To serve, to be great. To be humble, and then you can get exalted. All of this is impossible without Jesus. And so we put our hope and faith and trust in Jesus. Look at his life and ask for his strength. Then by his grace and mercy, we might be able to do it. So that was my encouragement to us today. And so, of course, I can't say where you're at. And you're like, I, I, I struggle with this or I fight with this. But just let's just take a few moments and I'll pray. And I pray to Jesus about these things. We're like, ah, man, like, when he said that stuff, Jesus, you <laughs> showed me that that's maybe a part you need to help me repent of and trust you for. Um, and, yeah, Lord, help me even believe in you. That you made it possible for me to come and be a part of your family, have my sins forgiven, and rise again. So let's pray. Um, Heavenly Father, gracious, gracious Father, thank you so much for all that you do and for whole creation. And Lord, is just I ask it in here and out out there. I pray, Lord, again that we would understand that even being made in your image has so such a big impact for our lives for hope and for dignity and worth Lord it's a a place where lots of sin and brokenness is and we experience it even in ourselves and Lord I pray as we just gone through this text and Maybe we do see that we are like the Pharisees in some sense, Lord. I pray we meet each of, each of us in those things. Lord, I pray you will just encourage us about the things where you have been working in us. And you've been showing us who you are. And we're becoming more focused on who you are and not so focused on who we are. And uh, Lord, I do pray you just you move through the Holy Spirit in all of us, and also in the people who are just considering, what about this Jesus? Should I even should I even trust or follow him? So we ask we ask that you would help us with that. Lord, help us to praise you instead of exalting ourselves. We ask that in Jesus' name, Amen.